This is the Hungry to Learn podcast. Tasteful conversations seasoned with love. Here's Birga. I want to talk a little bit about some of the work that I'm involved in here in Albuquerque. And I know this is happening in communities all across our country by various people who have been assigned to this task. It is the task of scheduling and executing convening. So you might think, okay, what in the world is a convening? That was kind of a new term to me. I know I'd heard it, but never really given much thought to what it meant or how it applied. And so if you look up the word convene, it just means to come or to bring together for a meeting or an activity, like an assembly. I don't think you would ever call a school assembly a school convening, but nonetheless, that's that's the concept that we're going with, is to bring people together to talk about stuff. So, you know, there are meetings galore. There's all kinds of jokes about meetings and some people who feel like 90% of their job is meetings and 10% of actual getting stuff done. I've come to appreciate meetings a whole lot more over the years. It used to be something that, you know, just took time out of your day and it was a big frustration, but a well-run meeting is something that certainly benefits the organization and should absolutely benefit everybody in the room. A well-run meeting. I've got to make sure that I emphasize that part. So getting together in a convening for a very specific issue really has some key components and really needs to operate in a manner where there is a goal in mind and it's not just meeting for meeting. One of the tasks that I have been given for my new role is that I am supposed to plan and execute six convenings during the course of this year. And these are going to be meetings that are thematic. They are dealing with issues that our community is just entrenched in. And I, I don't know that for sure that these are going to be the guaranteed convenings, but this is an example of some of the subject matter that might be covered. Homelessness, drug and alcohol abuse, education, human trafficking. These are big, hairy, ugly, black eyes on our community. They are problems that we are having to deal with. And there are certainly people that are subject matter experts in various areas within these topics. And these are the types of individuals that need to be brought to the table to discuss these subjects. It's pretty easy to think of, you know, maybe two or three or four key players for any of these topics that they're the ones that need to solve the problem. And I use the example of homelessness just for this illustration. So when you think about homelessness, you think, okay, great. You get the people who are in charge of housing, the people who are in charge of feeding, and the city government. Get those three guys in the room and fire away. Well, you got to back off just a minute or, or slow down is what I mean to say, because there's a whole lot more that goes into addressing the homeless crisis than just those three players. What about people that are experts in mental health? Mental health is a huge component of homelessness. What about those that are experts in the areas of poverty or crisis intervention? What about people that are well-trained on employment issues, whether they be coaches or advisors, coaches or advisors, those that deal with public transportation? How about probation and parole? How about veteran service? As you start to think about all these external programs and forces and issues that could potentially play into the topic of homelessness, you begin to realize that there are some very specific people that need to be included in this larger conversation to start tackling this topic. But you can't end up with, you know, 25 people in the room and expect that everyone's going to have something concise and precise to say and that everyone else is going to listen. So the balance of getting the right people in the room and cultivating an atmosphere where everyone has the time to speak on a topic and to 
really make sure that the others are challenged to hear and engage is no small task. And I certainly am not ignorant enough to think that, hey, if I schedule one of these convenings, you know, 90 minutes later, everybody comes out with a solution in mind and tasks that they can execute and bada boom, six months later, we've solved homelessness in Albuquerque. Not going to happen. But what I do hope is going to happen with something like a first or second convening on this issue is to inform one organization or one program of some of the successes that others are having so that there can be cross-collaboration, promotion of one another's organizations or programs, and just an awareness of resources within the community so that we are not duplicating services, so that we are not really competing with one another on these various services. And so we can see how there might be possibility of collaboration and formulating a plan to have wraparound services on this particular topic that better serves the people that are dealing with homelessness. Here's what that might look like. Maybe if you've got somebody from law enforcement in on a meeting like this, they start to hear about a program that one of the nonprofits has engaged in and had great success at. So when that gets communicated back to the police force, when a business owner makes a call in to the police to say, hey, we've got uh, homeless campers on our property, please come and deal with them. When the police arrive on scene of the business, rather than arrest them for trespassing or, you know, boot them out and cause them to move on to the next property, they might be able to have some tools in hand to say, hey, did you know that organization XYZ at this particular intersection is open to housing people for an 18-month program that are willing to address their drug and alcohol issues, whatever the, the stipulations of the program are. But if the police were aware of these, enough so that they could share that with the individuals that they are encountering, wouldn't that be a good use of a meeting? I certainly think so. And what about having the opportunity for faith-based programs that have had a great success record with individuals that they've served? What about letting the city hear about the successes of the faith-based? And I and I know and I understand there's always this kind of uh, squirming that happens when you start to address government and faith-based in the same sentence. But here's here's the reality. I know that there cannot be public funding for faith-based programming in the sense that government cannot support proselytization, that was easy for me to say, huh, of individuals in a particular program. If there is a component of a program that requires you to participate in a faith element that cannot be funded by the government, I fully understand that. But what if, and I'm just throwing that out there, what if there were some things that government could learn about a faith-based nonprofit program that there were elements of it that could be funded? Because this is a community issue, and this is something that we all need to address together. So if the city's saying, hey, we need to house 300 people or 300 families, and we don't have the resources to do it, but maybe there's a few faith-based programs that do, but the faith-based programs don't have enough financing, or they just don't have the, the donor support to house these additional families that the city wants to plug in, well, maybe the city could help fund a particular element. They could fund the food. They could fund bed sheets or furnishings or something that this program needs that has nothing to do with a faith component that just simply has to do with taking care of the human being in the building that the faith-based organization happens to operate in. I'm not thinking that I've got all the answers, not by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I probably have very little, if any, answers whatsoever. But I do know there's a whole lot of really smart people out there who have been working for organizations, government agencies, faith-based establishments for a long time, and they've got a long track record of working with people in need. 
And these are the people that I would love to have them contribute their background, their understanding of what needs to be done in order to address some of the root problems that we are seeing in our community, have them come together and see what happens moving forward. What would happen if we convene, if we converse, and if we really listen to one another, what might that collaboration look like moving forward for the betterment of the city as a whole? It's again, eliminating the mindset of, hey, I'm going to camp out on my hill with my flag and nobody's going to come up with me because I do my program the best and you know everybody else can fight for their own stuff. What if instead we let people come up on the hill with us and, and take a, a look around from our vantage point and say, oh... I never thought of it that way, or, oh, I never considered doing things this way. Collaboration, shared resources, shared expertise and knowledge and know-how. I think we could be onto something if we really want to work together. So that's some food for thought for today right here on Hungry to Learn. Certainly appreciate you hanging out with me for a few minutes. Catch previous episodes of Hungry to Learn and connect with Birga on social media at hungrytolearn.com. This has been Hungry to Learn, tasteful conversations seasoned with love.